Welcome to Alpine On Air. The Ski Cross World Cup touches down at Blue Mountain in just a few days. The Canadian team has arrived and has a jam-packed week of media appearances and promotional engagements, but my guest this week was nice enough to carve out some time for a last-minute podcast. Georgia Simmerling is a multi-sport machine. She's the only Canadian ever to have appeared in three different Olympics in three different sports. Alpine skiing, ski cross, and most recently, track cycling, which she won a bronze medal for in Rio this past summer. More importantly though, she's a fierce competitor and loves what she does. If you notice this episode is a little bit all over the place, that's because her athletic career has also been a little bit all over the place. But that really just makes her sharing her unique perspective all the better. day finishing in second day two um, not so much day two not so much uh yeah the weather changed um uh it was pretty um it was pretty uh snowy and foggy on day one day two totally cleared snow cleared and the course was a lot faster mm-hmm. they had to make a couple changes in the in the um uh, training before the race and yeah just like misjudged my timing and didn't press as big as i needed to in the finish jump and totally overshot the landing and uh, yeah, munched it pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. I read, when I read that you'd bit your tongue, I was hoping that wasn't too severe. I was like, well, if she doesn't have a tongue, this podcast is going to not go well. <laughs> I mean, well, I hope this isn't recording, but uh, you want to see it? Sure. Oh, yeah. That's uh-huh. a good That's like a good amount. Oh, yeah. I had stitches in it, and I was, I was wearing a mouth guard. Really? I was. Okay. I, did, I realized this is what I did because I'm like, I don't understand how you, because I bit the front too. And I'm like, how do you double bite your tongue in one yeah. injury? But I, I realized I went like this. Oh, uh, so you got it from both sides? Mm-hmm. From like underneath and the tongue. Right. Like, because I bit like a good chunk on the bottom and in the middle. Yeah. Huh. And with the mouth guard. It was like, I can show you a photo of day one. Yeah, that's intense. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, how are you feeling today? Yeah, really good. Uh, I, I've tried to do everything I possibly can to, to get race ready. Um, like physically, I'm totally fit and fine and, and ready to race. Um, you know, it's kind of being removed from the team uh, that's traveling and, and going to World Cups, you know, almost every weekend um, in that time period of, of rehab uh, is kind of a struggle to, to not be with the team. But I think, again, I've tried to mentally prepare myself for like for getting back into racing right away. If we could talk for hours about about the mental and physical struggles of of making the cycling team. Yeah. Um, what's been a whole new experience for me is getting back on my skis. Um, you know, it's getting back on getting back on my skis and getting back into an environment that I know very very well. But at the same time, uh, the transition was really really quick. Um, it was I had to be on my skis training with the ski cross national team a month like less than a month after the rio olympics so that in itself was a challenge um and it's been a challenge for sure this entire season just maintaining uh yeah like maintaining my my focus and and um 
you know, my, like my well being really, and not trying to get too burnt out. Mm-hmm. I, I can't say I, I have felt burnt out physically, but I, I have mentally. Um, so this injury is almost a little blessing in disguise because yeah. I've taken some time, uh, for myself just to focus on rehab at home. And I've been home for, uh, over a month now. So it, it's been pretty nice actually. Yeah. Nice little break. Mm-hmm. What sort of mental prep or exercises did you do just to avoid that burnout? Like you were saying. Um, you know, even though I've been on the road a lot since the Olympics and, and I've met obviously a bunch of summer, uh, summer athletes at Rio that were like, yeah, I'm going to the Philippines. I'm going, you know, I'm going to Hawaii. And I'm like, yeah, I'm in the gym six days a week. Yeah. Back on my skis. I'm going to Europe for five weeks straight to train with my team. Um, doing all that physically has been the, you know, there were some physical challenges for sure in, in the sense that skiing, um, there, as we know, requires a lot of impact um, on your body, especially ski cross. Yeah. Um, and I knew that I needed to focus on on that um, to be able to ski and to be able to to you know put my body on the line in all these ski cross World Cups that we have throughout the year. I think being on the road um, to avoid the mental um, fatigue and and burnout, I just really needed to focus on, on again, knowing when I needed to take time on my own, knowing when I needed to, you know, close my door, close my room and do, do yoga for an hour or, sure. um, you know, go for a walk outside and call my family and just like, I, I really needed to be aware of, of taking those moments. And I think that comes with maturity and, um, yeah, I've been, I've been doing this for a couple of years now, so yeah. more than a couple. So, um, I think I know, I, I, I'm confident when I know, that time needs to happen. Yeah. And you've been around the sort of world world cup circuit lifestyle for a while too. So I imagine you've got a bit of a sense of how it works. What, um, what is it like a day in life of the world circuit? How hectic is it? Uh, it's pretty hectic. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we're, you know, if we're away in Europe, we're up in the morning and some of us are in the gym for half an hour before breakfast. Um, just kind of waking up our bodies again. That that comes with age. Sure. When you're 20 and 21, you don't really need to do that. And you don't want to do it either. But mm-hmm. we know when you start, you know, reaching 25, 26, 27, 28. Some of us are 34 in our team. Um, yeah, you really, really need to take care of your body. Your body's number one. Um, it's what gets you down that racetrack as fast as you can, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're in the gym in the morning before breakfast. Um, yeah, we leave after breakfast to go, to go to the hill. We're training or, or racing. Um, on race day, we sometimes only get back around like four thirty five six 6 PM sometimes, um, from, from a, a ski cross, uh, world cup. And then it's, you know, it's managing physio massage, uh, video, uh, gym in the next literally two to three hours, uh, dinner, uh, meeting as a team, um, and then maybe a little more video, um, one-on-one, um, before bedtime. It's like jam-packed. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So you're just going gonna to make your time for yourself in there somehow? Yeah. I mean, someday, sometimes you get off the track at, at two and then you have a couple more hours for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to fit in bib draw sometimes for the next day back in, in town right. if, uh, if you do well. So yeah, it's definitely, uh, on race days, you're kind of going nonstop. Um, it's on the training days and, and, um, you know, days off away that you just really need to focus on recharging. You clearly would, you seem to thrive on like high level competition <laughs> though too. So like, 
What, what do you think? Where do you think that comes from? Like, what, where does that drive come from? Um, I definitely do. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you must. <laughs> for sure. No, I, I, I love challenges. I love, I love setting goals for myself. I love achieving goals. Um, you know, accomplishing things in your life feels really good. <laughs> and we want to do it again. It's, yeah. a, it's a powerful uh, snowball effect. I've come to know, you know, you, you set something out for yourself, you achieve it, and you just want to do it again. You want to do something even greater. Um, yeah. That's what I've kind of found out about of, about my life and what kind of thrives me and what drives me. Um, I come from a very um, active, uh, competitive family. Uh, I have three Makes older, sense. <laughs> I have three older brothers. Um, my eldest brother played in the CFL for a couple years. Um, uh, my youngest brother, they're all older, but the youngest one, um, played, um, football for, for the UFC dinos in Calgary, wow. uh, and, and St. Mary's in Halifax. The middle one, um, is an avid surfer, um, traveled a bunch. Uh, he's a cook, he's a chef as well. Um, yeah, so my brothers definitely, I'd say, instilled um, that competitive drive in me at a very, very young age. <laughs> yeah. And were you just playing all the sports as a kid? Were you just all over the place? Yeah, I, I played honestly as many sports as I possibly could from the age of like eight to. 15. And then I think around 15, I had to kind of give up a couple. Um, I tried to hold on for to a couple while I while I focused more on skiing. Yeah. Um, at the age of like, yeah, 15, I, I remember. Um, my a typical weekend was, you know, getting to the mountain from, you know, 738 to, to noon. Um, I would have to only do a half day and then my dad would pick me up and we'd like hightail it out an hour drive or whatever to a soccer game. Mm -hmm. And then I'd like change in the car at like 10, 11 years old, um, hightail it to a, a softball practice, um, back across town and then come home, uh, do some homework and have like scarf down some dinner and go to bed. Um, but yeah, I, I lived a very, very busy and active lifestyle as a kid, and, and I, I thrived on it. Like I, I totally loved, loved every moment of it. Cool. How did uh, how did track cycling come into the mix? Was that <laughs> did you approach? Because I know I read that you were also rowing for a bit. Like how? how yeah. Did that... Um, crazy story. I, I know. Think I, I feel I was... like we could do like podcasts on each, like so many aspects of your life, but yeah. we got to condense it somehow. Um, when I was, I think, uh, when I, I had a pretty gnarly injury, um, in ski cross, one of my first races actually in ski cross, unfortunately, I broke my neck and my back. Um, that was in 2012, I believe. And I was obviously, uh, rehabbing at home, um, wearing like a full body neck, and body brace um for six seven weeks um and during that time i remember uh i have a couple i had i had a few good friends on it at the time on the women's canadian soccer team and they were playing a world cup in in vancouver mm -hmm. and i remember watching these games and thinking to myself you know what i want to be on a team sport again and yeah. i want to try to do this like it's been done before like why can't i do it and the worst case that could happen, I remember thinking, is is I end up right here. Obviously, right there at the time was an injury, and that was terrible, and that was not fun to go through. But at the same time, where I was in the, in the grand scheme of things was loving my life and loving this new sport of ski cross and, and so excited to go down that path and, and see what I could accomplish in ski cross. Um, so... Yeah, rowing came about. Uh, rowing Canada was looking for 
they were doing talent ID uh camps across Canada and I contacted them and and rode with uh, the development national team for the next two springs. Um, During that time, I realized that if I wanted to commit to accomplishing a summer Olympic goal, I needed to focus all of my efforts and energy and time into achieving that. Mm while I was rowing, I was also skiing. I was also going to summer camps, um, you know, trying to do as many things as I possibly could with the two sports. And it was too much. Um, rowing Canada by the end of the second spring, um, came to me and said, we, we have, uh, you know, a big interest in you and we want to, we want to see where you go with this, but we need 365 days of the year. And I just said, that's too much. And I can't commit my time to this sport because I have recently fallen in love with this other sport that I actually just switched yeah. <laughs> to ski cross from, from Alpine. So I said, thanks, but no thanks. And kind of felt, you know, a little disheartened, but, um, you know, was excited about the upcoming winter season and focused my energy on that. The next spring, which was 2014, um, I, I still, you know, had this fire burning inside of me of trying to become, trying to, you know, put my energy into a, a summer sport. And that's where track cycling came about. Um, you know, there's not many sports at age 26, 20, you know, 27 that you can just try to do and make the national team. You know, you can't do that in ski racing. We know very well. You can't do that in hockey, you know, gymnastics. There are many sports that you just can't switch yeah. at, at an older age. Um, there are a few that you can though, um, you know, potentially, yeah, rowing is one of them. Um, you know, bobsleigh, there's a lot of track and field football athletes that come from Bob that go, that transfer into bobsleigh, you know, two, three years they're, they're on the podiums at, at Olympic games like that. That's happened before. Um, and, and cycling it, I can't say what I, I don't believe what I did in track cycling has been done before, but it wasn't (laughs) confirmed. But road, like, there are a lot of transfers into road cycling. Um, yeah. I, not a lot, but there, it has been done. Um, so yeah, I, I contacted the track national team and, and I think I chose track because, um, for the output of, you know, explosive, uh, energy and power required in track cycling, it's far greater than road cycling in the sense because it's such a short, it's such a condensed, sport right. um, um, and discipline Ro- track cycling is a lot shorter distances than that road mm-hmm. road cycling you know you're on your bike for 200k plus during a race sometimes and mm-hmm. or a time trial on the road is is like 40k ish so those are just longer distances than what my body was is was and is used to mm-hmm. um, as a skier um, so yeah I dabbled with again I dabbled with with track cycling for one summer 2014 i only got on my bike for the first time on a track bike ever uh um for about three weeks at a time or three weeks that that entire summer sorry um and then the next summer i was like yeah i think i want to do this and i want to commit fully to it so i took i was planning on taking the winter off the following winter 2015 2016 Mm -hmm. like the last winter and uh yeah i wanted to see if i could accomplish this goal that's pretty cool. <laughs> and what were your uh, Olympic experiences? How did they differ? They do you have a favorite, or were they all just sort of had their own moments? Uh, I was 
definitely, you know, not as familiar with the Summer Olympic vibe just because I wasn't, you know, I call myself a winter athlete. Yeah. I've done winter sports all my life. Um, the Summer Olympic Games are way bigger. And I mean way. There were 10,000 athletes in Rio and there's 2,500 in Sochi. Right. So there's way yeah. more athletes in, in the Summer Olympics. And I felt a little overwhelmed for sure when I got sure. there. Um, also, I've never felt so short in my entire life <laughs> ever. Um, you have, so in summer, you have, you have rowers. They're crazy tall. You have volleyball players. Yeah. Super tall. You yeah. got basketball players. <laughs> Really, really tall. Handball, new sport in the Olympics, also very tall. Um, I'm sure there's a couple more. Yeah, I never thought of that. Um, That's true, though. Yeah, they're all crazy tall, and I felt so short. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Mm-hmm. Huh. What, uh, what kind of advice would you give to a young athlete who, let's say their, their parent or their coach or someone is telling them that they need to focus on one sport if they want to make it? I'd say it's ridiculous. <laughs> Honestly, um, I can't, like, I'm, I think, I guess unique in the sense that I've done, you know, three elite level sports in, in my career so far. And I will only do three. I'm gonna, I'll clarify that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it. no, there's no switching. Okay. Um, but no, I think it's unbelievable that athletes and coaches are asking parents to put their kids you know, and commit six, seven days a week to soccer or ski racing or cross country skiing or hockey at age 10. I think it's absurd. How is that 10 year old ever going to compete in the NHL? Cause that's what their parents want him to do or her, uh, when they're 10, like they're going to completely 100% be burnt out by the time they're 15. Yeah. How could uh, they not? Yeah. I, I, it's, it's crazy to me that parents think that that's what is going to make their athlete thrive and, and be superior to their, to their peers and to their, you know, their com- competitors. Yeah. Um, why does that athlete, why can't that little 10 year old or 12 year old play as many sports as they possibly can? Um, you know, I, hopefully they're not overwhelmed with playing all these sports and, you know, play two, three, four, whatever it is. You don't need to do every single one. Yeah. Um, and learn hand-eye coordination from, from basketball. Uh, learn, you know, lateral movements from soccer. Um, learn linear and power from ski racing or cross-country ski- skiing. Um, there's so many different components that an athlete, I think, needs to, you know, build in their, you know, physical repertoire to be comfortable in their body to be familiar with their body uh and then and and even the emotional mental side to not get burnt out like 100 yeah. percent, they're going to be burnt out by the time they're 12 and i actually just roll my eyes and think it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah well there's so many transferable skills too like you're completely you can adapt to so many more situations that are going to make you better in any sport that mm-hmm. you play if you've you know you've seen something similar or you've practiced it in another sport already yeah, I'm recently a, an ambassador, a new ambassador for a program RBC is running called RBC Training Ground. Oh yeah. And with um, with the support of the Olympic, with the COC, the Olympic Foundation, um, the Olympic Committee, sorry, and um, CBC actually, they are what what RBC Training Ground does is they do cross country talent ID searches for athletes. Um, ages 14 to 25 to look for athletes that potentially could open the doors 
for a different sport that they may not know they had the skills and baseline you know requirements to be extremely successful at so, you so you're saying i have a shot <laughs> I am honestly. You can go to an RBC training ground; it's free, Done. and uh, they put they they put you through put you through a set of skills. Um, you know, power, strength, endurance. Uh, I think there's a couple other ones: agility. Um, and yeah, they they look at the NSO, the National Sport Organization uh, baseline requirements for those for those skills, and and then give you the opportunity to go and try out. Uh, rowing or cross country skiing or, or cycling or whatever it is. And they actually found a couple athletes last year that, that are now, now being funded by the government to mm. pursue their, their sport. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a pretty cool program. I'm actually glad you brought that up because you're also an ambassador for Fast and Female. Could you maybe explain what that is for people that don't know and how you're involved? Yeah. Fast and Female is an organization, um, started by, cross-country skier Chandra Crawford. Uh, she lived in Canmore. She was an Olympic medalist. And what the organization does is it targets girls. Uh, if, I think it's ages 8 to 18. I could be wrong there, but are like a big a big age age group to continue into sport and to, and to stay into sport. To we, we, we run seminars with girls to inspire and, and motivate them to, you know, see how, show, show them how awesome sports are and, and, um, I think give them a, you know, give them a new boost on, and, and yeah, passion for, for the sport that they're doing. Um, the dropout for teenage girls in sport is, is crazy. It's like so, so, so different than guys, than, than boys. And it's, it shouldn't be happening. Um, girls just look at body image issues and or body image and see from, you know, external sources like the media and, and other, you know, people in high school and, and you name it that, uh, I think lead them away from sport and I'd say sport for me has given me a greater appreciation for my body and and you know drive and passion for what I want to do in life and it yeah it's been amazing so that's yeah, a really powerful organization yeah it sounds like it and I was I was on their site and I was seeing it they have a huge amount of athlete ambassadors from a ton of different mm-hmm. sports like usually an organization like that they'll have you know a couple like top level kind of poster people but they have a ton of different people from different areas, so that's that's awesome to see. I think it just goes to show how many athletes across around the world actually are supportive and passionate about it yeah. and giving back. Yeah, absolutely. I was I had Larissa Yurko on the podcast a couple days ago, and we were talking about how she's usually introduced as an Olympian, and that's just kind of the label that people give her. But uh, she was saying that that's not actually you know her, her proudest accomplishment. Uh, I'm sure you've probably gotten that label as well. But I was wondering what your proudest accomplishments are. Uh, yeah, during the lead up to Rio, uh, I can tell you that it started to get extremely frustrating and annoying (laughs) having interview, interview after interview and question after question asking me how it felt to be, you know, going into a summer Olympic games, being a three time, uh, Olympian and being Canada's only three multi-sport athlete going into this games and, uh, going into Rio, and at one point, I remember in Rio, it was after a training day uh, where my team was going through the mix zone of media, mm-hmm. and I told this reporter, I said, honestly, I'm sick of people asking me this question. I'm here to win my team a medal, and that's all I'm here to do. Uh, we have a goal. We're here as a team, and we're here to get our job done. In the, and 
our, us getting our job done has nothing to do with me being a three-time Olympian. Yeah. Uh, so that I can definitely relate to Larissa where it was extremely frustrating. Um, I didn't care that I was a stat, you know, that I was the only Canadian to, to do this. Yeah, it's cool, but um, yeah, it had nothing to do with my goals of, of helping my team win a medal. Yeah. Um, contrary to, I guess, Larissa's uh, statement where, you know, saying that she... Her proud, some of her proudest moments aren't from being an Olympian. I'd say some of mine are. Um, and crossing the finish line with my three other teammates in Rio was definitely the best feeling of my life. Um, I can't explain how pumped I was knowing that we had won bronze for Canada. And I think what was more, what was so powerful for me with that ride was. The fact that we actually rode multiple seconds faster than we had ever ridden before as a team, and you can imagine how many how many team pursuit efforts we do training as a team. So it all just clicked on that day at the right possible moment. Yeah. Um, and also doing it on a team, um, competing as a team and, and winning as a team. There's something so different about doing it. Uh, compared to as an individual yeah. and it uh yeah it was it was so overwhelmingly powerful and, and amazing <laughs> yeah that'd be pretty special mm-hmm. and having that those teammates to celebrate with would be a big difference mm-hmm. i imagine pretty cool uh we're i don't want to keep you too long i know you've got another interview at 12 um okay what's what's coming up next for you after obviously you've got the world cup finals this weekend what's on the horizon uh, we have a couple days off and then we head to Spain for world championships. So an even bigger event nice. uh, where, where I want to hopefully step on that podium. Uh, that's the plan. Yeah. Awesome. And then I'm, uh, I'm, I can't, I didn't know I would be looking forward to spring and summer so much. <laughs> I know it's an, it, you know, we're, we're heading into an Olympic year, uh, where the Olympics are less than a year away, but, and that, for a lot of athletes can put some stress on them. But for me, I'm so excited to be a normal athlete and have a normal off season. Yeah. (laughs) I can't wait to, you know, maybe go do some traveling, go ride my bike in Hawaii and go surfing or just have some downtime with family uh, in Vancouver and um, Calgary. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the off season for sure. Yeah, absolutely. One of those in a while, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Uh, are you excited to compete in front of a home crowd here, Blue Mountain? Yeah. Do you have I, like friends and family in the area? Completely. I, I actually have a, uh, a cottage. My family owns a cottage in the Georgian Bay. So oh. uh, I come out here every summer. Nice. Um, my aunt and uncle live out here. My parents are originally from Toronto. So uh, I have a lot of family and friends coming to cheer me on uh, this coming weekend. Um, I, I tried to tell myself getting back on the tour, like I didn't have any expectations because I quote like have essentially accomplished my goals this this season so far but there's a little pressure i think personally just in competing in front of in front of family and friends and um yeah i'm going to use the pressure and and try to yeah try to accomplish my goals and get on the podium yeah absolutely uh anything else we met i'm sure like you said we could do a lot longer, but anything else you want to get out there while you're on air? Yeah, I just want to say thank you to Alpine Ontario, Alpine Canada for putting on a race in, in Blue Mountain and and for the local clubs and, and their support. I was at Craigleith uh, the last couple of days hanging out with the kids and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, giving back and seeing little youngsters' faces be so pumped to have a national team athlete come out and train with them. I, I remember as a kid 
having that happen to me and it made my made my day made my year really um so yeah i'm excited to race in front of race in front of canada and do canada proud awesome well good luck and i'll be cheering you on thank you (laughs) 